Hey, 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 welcome to my show. The title of my show this morning is called What Perspective? An Anchored Perspective. I'm so glad that you joined me. But before we get started, let me give you a little background information about this podcast. We have a really good, good show today. One of the things I would like to do is take issues from everyday life and pose different questions to the interviewee to get a different perspective. Each person in life has their own perspective on what they believe to be true and their beliefs have either helped them or it has hurt them in life. So me, the hostess, I'm asking some generic questions about a topic and sometimes I'm even going to play the devil's advocate to show how perspectives can vary based on what your parents, generational errors, um, religion and non-religious beliefs and other things in life has taught us. Please note that I'm not here to judge you. That's why my title is called What Perspective. So with that said, I would like to introduce my guest. She is very, very close to me. Actually, she's my niece, okay? She was born in East Texas, but raised in Dallas. She graduated top of her class in high school, and then she went on to receive her bachelor's from the University of North Texas. She's just an average girl living on this place called Earth, taking it one day at a time and enjoying the scenery. And without further ado, let's welcome Jasmine. But I call her Jazz. Hello, hey, Jazz. everyone. Hello. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. That's good. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. All right, then. So I always tell my guests, dare to be you. And be honest. Okay. So, we have a topic today, and it's called, What Does the Bible Say About Dating? Are people really anchored in what they believe and believe to be true? Are people standing strong in their views? So, our show today, like I said, is going to be about dating. So, Jazz, are you dating? Yes. All right. Give us a little background information. Like, is it serious? How long have you been together? Or anything else that you would like to share? Like, are you having any problems right now? Is it smooth sailing? Are y'all newbies or what? Just give us a little background information. You don't have to give names, but, you know, this is, you know, how, how personal you want to go. Okay. Well, the person I'm dating right now, um, we dated previously, so we're kind of getting back in there, jumping back in to see what could come from it. Uh, We were serious, and then we ended things, so now we're just trying to get back to see if we could be on that level again and maybe even more serious. Mm, Okay, then. I noticed you said the word serious. So... In my experience, many people seem confused about the role of dating and marriage today. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know the difference between dating and marriage? Well, I feel like dating, you know, you can date anyone. When you're married to someone, you're married to that one individual. You know, y'all are tied then together. Y'all are one yoke. When you're dating, you know, you can't really hold somebody that much accountable without it. I don't know how to, I don't know really how to explain what I'm trying to say. Basically, like dating is serious, but marriage is like something more serious when, you know, finances together, living under the same roof, y'all are experiencing things together as one. Okay. So let me ask you this. As we go through this interview, if what you discover about God's design for dating and marriage challenges any of your currently held convictions, Mm-hmm. or any of your current behaviors. Are you willing to receive his wisdom? Yes. And at what cost? I mean, <laughs> at any cost, I guess. At any cost. That means even breaking up with the person that you are in love with? Um, I mean, I don't know about all that. Okay, but you said at any cost. So let me take back my at any cost. (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to receive the word. Just I might have a different perspective of what I receive. Okay. Well, first off, we must separate from the world's view on Mm -hmm. dating because God's way contradicts the world. Yes. And if you read 2 Peter 2 and 20, it talks about contradiction, okay? Okay. So let's dig in. We're going to get ready for some <laughs> of these questions. All right. So, does your dating have a purpose? Yeah. I mean, with anybody I date, I plan on being serious, looking towards marriage. What about um, the person you're dating? Have you... God said and talked about what his purpose is? Like as far as in the relationship or his life? In just dating. Like what have you guys talked about each other's views about dating? Yes. We both agree. We both agree that, you know, dating without a purpose is kind of, it's not necessary. So when we date each other, we plan on being married in the future okay so you do have future plans yes all right so i don't really know like this generation of terminology some people say back in the day they said courting (laughs) and then this day they say dating Mm -hmm. so one thing we must consider is that whether dating or courting following these biblical principles is the best way to have a secure foundation for a marriage. It is one of the most important decisions you will ever make because when two people marry, they cleave to one another and become one flesh in a relationship with God intended to be permanent and unbreakable. And so if you go to Genesis 2 and 24, Mm-hmm. And Matthew 19 and 5, it would discuss um, those those issues. Um, one thing I do want to share, you know, I, I'm glad you're here because 
you're in your uh, 20s and I'm in my 50s. And one thing I have learned is that generational errors have a lot to do with the way we think and the way we feel. Because when I was younger, some mm-hmm. of the things that the younger generation are doing, I, it just kind of blows my mind. And it's funny because I feel like I'm my mother now because <laughs> I have some of her same views now that I'm a mother of three. Mm-hmm. And I have three different um, age groups. I have like 29, 25, and I have an 18-year-old. Uh-huh. And then I have some stepchildren that, that they're all in the same bracket. And so we have a lot of conversations about things in life. And sometimes they say that I'm judgmental. But in actuality, they can be judgmental just the same as I am, at least from my point of view. Uh-huh. And so that's what I want us to be able to do and be open and honest about So let me ask you this. Do you think sex is appropriate before marriage? Well, from the Bible standpoint, no. (laughs) But from from the Bible standpoint, okay. (laughs) From the Bible standpoint, no. And being raised in the church and being told that's not appropriate before marriage. But in this generation that we live in now... I mean, it's up for discussion, debate. Hmm. Well, I'm going to be honest. My generation, my mama's generation, <laughs> and grandmama's generation, sex before marriage has always been the thing. Because I remember coming up when you hear about these shotgun weddings. Mm-hmm. That means like a man to get a woman pregnant and then the father you know, make them get married, whether they love each other or not. Yeah. So I gather you are a Christian because I did hear you say, you know, from what I've been taught and brought up in being in the church. So one thing that we do have to look at is that if you are a Christian or if you're not, mm-hmm. you know, you get your beliefs and your views from somewhere. Yeah. But I'm a Christian myself. And if you're not, those that are listening, it's okay. If that, you know, everybody has their beliefs. But I stand firm in the Bible. Now, do I follow everything in the Bible? No. But I do try to. So, sex before marriage. When we talk about what, what the Bible says about it, it says we are not to defile our bodies by having premarital sex. And you can go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, 13. You can have 2 Timothy 2 and 22. The Bible speaks a lot of sexual immortality. And it says that it is a sin. Not only against God, but against our own bodies. It is important to love and honor others as we love ourselves. And this is certainly true for courtship and a dating relationship. So when we talk about sex before marriage, and this is just my belief, I believe we become, that is the binding of marriage. That's where you become truly one flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, we say I do when we get married, but then when you consummate your marriage, you consummate it with sex and 
you know, with the intent to have children. Mm -hmm. So you become connected to a person. And so a lot of young men, a lot of old men, they have um, booty on their mind. That's all that they see. (laughs) You know, and I heard uh, the comedian say, Eddie Murphy, one time, and I can't remember if it was delirious or whatever, but he said, you know, sex is like a cracker. Mm -hmm. You know, once you once you taste it all the crackers taste the same way and then he said it's just like going to the bank once you make a deposit or withdraw the money is gone the interest is gone and so he related that to sex that once they get it the interest is gone they don't have anything really to look forward to so that's one of the things how do you feel about that how do you feel about that statement I mean, from a that's coming from a male standpoint, and so I do have some conversations with like my friends from college and high school, and they have the same perspective as you said, Eddie Murphy. Yes, that was I believe that was the comedian. They have the same standpoint and perspective as Eddie Murphy in that sense, and then some of them just think completely different. Sex is just. Sex. All right. And so, should that be in dating, though? Should sex just be sex? No. When you're dating? No, I think if you're sharing that part of your body, it should be something special. Yeah, okay. All right. So, let me ask you this other question then. When or what is an appropriate level of intimacy before marriage? Like, when you're dating, and if we're going by the Bible standards that we should not have premarital sex. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I grew up, you know, hearing that all my life. Then when we're dating, what is an appropriate level of intimacy? Um, How far should you go? Holding hands, kissing. I feel mm. like that would be the only <laughs> But then kissing could lead to sex too. So just holding hands, hugging. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm going to be honest. I know that's hard to just sit and hold hands all the time. (laughs) Especially when you start feeling the person, you start liking them. (laughs) Uh, I see a lot of people holding hands and they're kissing. It doesn't look like that's all they're doing. Yeah. You know, who am I to judge? I know that wasn't my case. (laughs) Now I'm not proud of that, but hey, it is what it is. Um, you know, Ephesians five and three, it tells us, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immortality or of any kind of impurity, because these are improper for God's holy people. Anything that even hints a sexual immortality is inappropriate for a Christian. So the Bible does not give us a list of what qualifies as a hint or tells us what physical activities are approved for couples to engage in before marriage. Uh However, just because the Bible does not specifically address the issue does not mean God approves of pre-sexual activity before marriage. So by essence, I guess when we say foreplay, I think that is designed to get one ready for sex. Yeah. 
So logically then, floor play should be restricted to married couples. Anything that can be considered foreplay should be avoided until marriage. Do you agree with that? Well, from the Bible standpoint, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying? In your own life, you don't practice that? Well, I'm saying like in this generation, that's not practice. But from the Bible standpoint, yes, right. I believe it. Right. So, you know, let me ask you this. By you being a Christian, do you follow the Bible? To the best of my ability, yes. To the best of your ability. That's a good answer. Okay. All right. So, let me, I'm going to ask another question. Okay. <laughs> has there been any, has, I noticed you said in the beginning that you guys were dating and mm-hmm. then you broke up and so now you guys are retrying again. Mm-hmm. Has there been any significant event? or event that has changed your relationship? And if so, what was the event and how did it change your relationship? Um, So when we broke up, it was just a matter of lack of dating, I guess. So when you're dating someone, you still have to be able to like catch their attention, go out on dates, not get too comfortable. And I feel like we got at a standstill point because we got too comfortable and then when I suggested hmm. still going on dates and stuff it was kind of like a um yeah I guess and so that for me kind of just ended things because I was like okay this is getting boring I can't do this anymore and right. with us getting like trying to get back in there and out there and date again is just a more so understanding that, okay, certain things have to change. We have to be more open to each other, um, be more like respectful of each other's feelings and go on more dates. Yeah. You know, um, me being married three times. Yes, I've been married three times. And one of the things that I would say kind of messed up my marriages now this marriage I've been with my husband for 10 years and this is the longest to be honest that I've been with one man steadily and so even in my first marriage you know we were together but we weren't together and one of the things I kind of you know kind of heard was like you know you shouldn't shack Mm -hmm. and so me and my first husband we did live together And then we got married, you know, we had a child. And then my second, but we didn't last long, you know, but it was because, you know, how to say it? It said, dare to be real one. If he hold, I hold. Let's just put it like that. Not per se a hoe, but, you know, I had, I was young and I had the mentality that if he can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we weren't looking at our vows that we made to one another. Mm-hmm. And then in my second marriage, my second marriage was more like we were compatible. We laughed, we talked, and we did everything but selfishness. Oh, it was a lot of selfishness that had a play. And we did not live together. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, d- indifferent about should you live together with somebody? Because they say when you live together, you can get to know a person. Mm-hmm. And then make the decision if you're going to marry. Mm-hmm. Well, really, to be honest, that's not the case because 
like I said, my first husband and I, we lived together. And we lived together about a year. Mm-hmm. But then the second one, we dated for like three years. And then we tried to come together and it was just a flop. But now this this last marriage, and I'm not proud of it, but I remember meeting him in August. Mm-hmm. And in September, we were living together. And three years later, we got married and we, we're still together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a different situation. And I think it really has to do with the other person's view on commitment as well as your view on commitment right. because you know the bible does say do not be unevenly yoked and it says with a non-believer and uh a believer but we'll talk about that a little later mm-hmm. um since we're talking about that what are your views about divorce um i mean my parents are divorced or legally separated whichever one and so like growing up you know you hear the horrible divorce stories and everything like that I personally don't want to get divorced I don't think that when you get older and have kids involved and stuff like that I don't think that that's something that I would personally want to put my kids through because I've seen some very nasty messy divorces personally I do not believe in divorce but I know some people get married and they have different views after their marriage has lasted a couple months or years and just don't see anything good coming from it so I guess it all just depends on the person or the people and what they want to do. Yeah. You know, and I really think that 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 stems from um, a lack of knowing each other well. And I really believe that when you get married, you really need to know your partner Mm -hmm. because even in marriage, when you are living with a person day by day, you still don't know them because you're changing and they're changing. But at least they should be your friend right? because, you know, when you're living with a person and you start seeing their quirks and they're looking at your quirks and they're not dressed up like they normally are when you see them, mm-hmm. it becomes a nuisance. You know, like you start finding out things like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know you did that and this and that. Yeah. You know, when you're friends with someone, you can laugh and talk because, you know, a lot of people think when you get married, it's all about sex. It's all about, you know, this and that. Well, there's a whole lot more that go into marriage. And if you ask a person that has been married at least two years, they're going to tell you marriage is not glamorous. It is not what people on the outside looking in think it is, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is hard. You know, you think about you and your parents. You and your parents don't get along all the time. You, you know, we go at it. Me and my kids go at it sometimes. But at the end of the day, I love them. You know, we're, we're friends, but I'm also their parent. Mm-hmm. I'm more so their parent than their friend. And so I really believe that prospective married couples should know each other's um, views on marriage, views on finances, views on in-law, mm-hmm. child rearing discipline, duties of a husband and a wife, whether only one of them or both of them will be working outside of the home. And also, 
you need to know the other person's level of spiritual maturity, especially if you're a Christian. Because many people, they get married um, taking their partner's word for what, you know, for what it is, you know, only to find out later that it was merely lip service. You know, a lot of people do a lot of lip servicing when you um, are dating. Mm -hmm. So I believe that every couple considering marriage should go through counseling Mm -hmm. with a Christian marriage counselor or a pastor. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a Christian, you know, find somebody that has been married for a long time and they are truly still happy with one another. They're just not there by name only. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that marriage is not only a commitment, but it's a covenant with God. Now, that's my perspective. And it is a promise to remain with the other person for the remainder of your life. No matter whether your spouse is rich, poor, healthy, sick, overweight, underweight, or even boring. A Christian marriage should endure through every circumstance, including fighting, Mm -hmm. because you will have some fights. Now, of course... Me and my my husband, I do more of the arguing than he does. He just kind of walks away. But, you know, all of those things are important. But it's one thing I can say. We, even in the midst of our arguments, and even when I had, you know, when he has raised his voice at me or slammed the door or whatever, which he doesn't do often, that's more my role. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We we still sleep in the same bed. Mm -hmm. You know, we try not to um, go to bed angry. And you know, that's a that's a biggie. And also devastation. You know, marriages have crisis. You have to understand that when you go through a crisis in a marriage, that other person might not handle the crisis the way you would handle it. And that's what makes it so important to know one another because where that your mate is weak, you're supposed to be strong. Mm-hmm. And where you're strong, your mate is supposed to be strong. And... Marriage should never be entered into with the idea that divorce is an option. Mm-hmm. You know, not even as the last straw. The Bible tells us that, you know, through God, all things are possible. You can read that in Luke 18 and 27. And this certainly includes marriage. So if a couple makes the decision at the beginning to stay committed and to put God first, then divorce will not be the inevitable solution to make a miserable situation better. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you this. Are you or the person you're dating emotionally ready to date? Now that's a big question. Are you emotionally ready? Um, I feel like we both are. I mean. Why, why do you feel that you are? Me personally, I just feel mm-hmm. like because I mean we we have lived together, so <laughs> okay, uh, we've seen the worst, the the good, the bad, the better, and all that in each other. So I feel like we do know a lot about each other, and now and that we know a lot about each other, we can't we know how to deal with certain situations and how to handle certain arguments or certain disagreements and be mature about it all. Okay. 
So let me ask you this, because I heard you say that we know a lot about each other. Do you know even after 10 years, I'm still learning some things and my husband is still learning some things. So, uh-huh. you know, when you say you know a lot about each other, I'm just going to say keep living. Well, that's why I said a lot and not everything. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this. When I, when I, when I was single, mm-hmm. I had a tough time doing holidays and you know, like if I wanted to go places, because I really wanted a companionship. There were a lot of things I didn't want to do by myself. Mm-hmm. So what did you do during your singleness? Because you said you were dating. You guys are kind of, you know, serious. So you're still single because you're not married. Right. But however, you do have a relationship mm-hmm. with someone. How did you handle your singleness? Uh, honestly, I was, I worked. A lot. So, <laughs> working, mm-hmm. coming home, hanging with family and friends. I wasn't worried about like going out looking for a relationship. If it came, it came. If it didn't, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I believe after, you know, even talking with a few of my friends, you know, you do get lonely. And loneliness can be one reason why we get into addictive relationships Mm -hmm. or bad relationships Mm -hmm. because you know people need to learn and I'm talking about men and women the life Mm -hmm. they need to learn to relax in their loneliness they need to learn to trust God with with their loneliness and face it you know you gotta face that hey you know what I am alone yeah I have to face that you know head on yeah and like I said that's why I was hanging with friends and family Keeping mm-hmm. my time mm-hmm. occupied, busy. Yes. You know, that was one of the things that um, I did. You know, like, I I can't really say that I've ever been just lonely mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I left my mother's house, like I said, and I moved in with my, my first marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband of my first marriage. And then from that, we had a kid. So I never really was per se, lonely Mm -hmm. or by myself. And even to this day, I've never lived by myself. But there were times where even in a marriage, you can be lonely, Mm -hmm. but you have to learn how to occupy yourself. You have to learn how to find other things. You know, people can't make you happy. You have to make your own self happy. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, that's, that's what I mean when I say you have to relax in your aloneness. Yeah. You have to find other things. That's a great time to pick up hobbies, you know, and crafts and start new things. Um, so I want to ask this because some, you, you said that you and your uh, boyfriend had broken up mm-hmm. because of, you know, just certain issues. So to cope with a breakup, Many men and women, they jump into a rebound relationship. Mm-hmm. But that just makes, you know, that just kind of masks the pain. That doesn't take away the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, when you break up, you know, you do like a person and you kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. And so to move out of your pain, well, you must first sit in it. Mm-hmm. Okay? You got to, you know, sit in your pain. You can't sidestep the pit. Mm-hmm. You must recognize your hurt, your loneliness your despair and call out to God for help as you walk through it. Mm -hmm. So 
I want to ask you this because have you ever had a rebound relationship? Like in college, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means you go what? What what does rebound relationship mean mean to you? Just breaking up with someone and then like start talking to someone else within like a week. Yeah, within a week of yeah. that breakup. Sometimes the next out. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, while the world's view may be to date around as much as we want, mm -hmm. the important thing is to discover the character of a person before making any commitment to him or her. We should find out if the person has been born again in the spirit of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that you can find that in John 3 and verses 3 through 8. And you also should also look and see if he or she shares the same desires toward Christ-likeness. You know, especially in, if you are a Christian and if that is your belief. Mm -hmm. You don't have to um, believe in everything that I believe in. But if you go to Philippians 2 and 5, you will see where you you want to be Christ-like. And if someone else doesn't have a desire to be Christ-like, that would be someone I kind of would shy away from. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, what would you say is your ultimate goal of dating? I think you said it earlier. Oh, yeah, to be married have kids, live a happy life. That's like the ultimate goal. Right. And I and I agree with you. I mean, I, I feel that the ultimate goal of dating or courting, however you want to say mm -hmm. it, is finding a life partner. You know, because I don't want to really waste my time with a person that's just here for sex or they're here because they need me. Right money-wise, you know, I, I don't want that. You know, I want a true friend, a true companion, you know, because those kind of relationships, relationships can be to toxic, you know. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. So if you're dating a person uh -huh. and you just met that person and let's say um, after a month and that person start asking you for money, you know, I believe in gender roles and of course, you know, I believe in a marriage, what needs to be done needs to be done. But also, I believe that there are certain gender roles. Yeah. And so, what what are your views on that? On gender roles or ask me the question Just, one more time. Okay, so remember we were talking about the ultimate goal uh -huh. of dating? And, you know, we said that you should be looking for a life partner right. because I don't want to be with just people that have reasons for being with me other than for me to be their life partner. Right. You know, like, I don't want them, um, they need me right now. I got a car, so mm -hmm. they like me, you know, because I have a car I can take, but once my car is gone, mm -hmm. then they're gone. Yeah. Or if they ask me for money all the time and I'm giving them money, calling myself, trying to help mm -hmm. them, and 
they're not receiving it. But then when I put my foot down and say, oh, no, you need to get a job or you need to manage your money more. Mm -hmm. And then you start having problems because of that. Mm -hmm. To me, that just seems like they were only with me because of what I could do for them. Right. Or they're with me with, for sex. And then once they the interest is gone, as we were saying, that they move on, mm -hmm. you know, easily. And so I said, how do you feel about that? You know, because when you marry an unbeliever and you are a Christian, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to weaken your relationship with God. And it's going to compromise your morals and your standards because sometimes, you know, we want to... Um, make our spouses happy right you know and so you know we start doing things that we know we know we should not be doing mm -hmm. so i was just saying if your ultimate goal is not for a life partner do you feel you should be wasting your time dating that person especially if you see up front some qualities that you do not like no um i feel like if you see red flags address them then and there and if they're not willing to change them then I mean, it's nothing more to talk about. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel should come first in your relationship? Your mate that you're, you know, when I say mate, you know, I'm just saying the person that you're dating mm -hmm. or even in a marriage. Should it be that person or should it be God? Well, in any relationship, God comes first and then the person that you're dating or with, married to, whatever the case may be. Yeah, because in Matthew 10 and 37, um, it is it, it tells us that it's important to remember the love that you have for God above all things, you know, above everything else. So to say mm -hmm. or to believe that another person is everything or the most important thing in one's life is idolatry, which yeah. is sin. And in Galatians 5 and 20, and Colossians 3 and 5. You will find that. Because, you know, we do say, I know young love, you say, oh, they're everything. I love their dirty draws. You know, and it's like, <laughs> they can do anything to you. And you just keep accepting it. And you keep accepting it. And sometimes your friends be getting on you. Your parents get on you. Because we see things, when we're on the outside looking in, we don't love that person the way that you do. Yeah. And so... People typically focus on the way they feel, you know, about a person than really what they're really seeing. Because I noticed you said, like, when you see the red flags, how many of us truly, 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 when we see red flags in our relationship, that we take heed to them? It's not until, you know, later on that you realize, dang, it's two years, dang, it's five years, dang, it's ten years, and we still... Um, Focusing on the same problem. Yeah. When all along the red flag was there. From the beginning. From the beginning. Mm -hmm. So. So let me ask you this. How honest are you with your partner about what you need in a relationship? Uh, I'm pretty honest. I pretty much said whatever is on my mind. Mm-hmm. It may take me like a day to say it, but mm -hmm. I will say it. You will say it. You know, I'm going to speak on boundaries real quick in a relationship mm -hmm. because we're kind of running out of time. But in a relationship, you should set boundaries because if a person keeps 
you know, hurting you, keep making the same promise, keep doing the same old thing, keep saying, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. you know, and like I said earlier, you keep going through the same thing. At some point, you have to set boundaries. And if you have clearly stated your boundaries with this person and this person keep doing the same thing, do you think that it's time that you move on? Yes, because that means they're not respecting you or like what you're telling them. They're not listening. They're not respecting it. Okay. And so in order to get respect, you have to give respect as well. Correct. Correct. So that means listening to what they're telling you as well and taking into consideration their feelings and their emotions. All right. So we're kind of just about out of time. So I want to leave you with this. Rather dating or courting, if you follow the biblical principles that are in the Bible, especially if you are a Christian, that is going to be the best way to have a secure foundation for a marriage. It is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Because when two people marry, they cleave to one another and become one flesh in a relationship which God intended to be permanent and unbreakable. So I will highly recommend you try this for a first date. Pray with your partner on the first date. This sets a tone for your time together and it sends a strong message about your priorities for the relationship. And by the way, if the other person thinks it's odd or out of place, you have learned something critical about their wisdom, their maturity, and their purpose for dating. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest Googling, you know, questions to ask your partner, because there are some really good questions out there that you should ask or go to someone that has been married for a long time and start asking them some questions because dating should be with a purpose. So with that said, I want to thank you, Jazz, for coming on the show. Thank you for and having me. Yes, it was it was great speaking with you. And if anybody else would like to join my show, leave me a comment with your email, and I will give you an invite, and we can discuss it further. So with that said, I want to say, what perspective are you tackling life issues from? The Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Are you anchored in your perspective? In 2 Timothy 2 and 15, the King James Version says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So with that said, remember, you need an anchored perspective. And again, Jazz, thank you so much.